Unlock the secrets to building a thriving facial plastic surgery practice as Dr. Benjamin Strong shares his journey from finding his niche to fostering a strong team culture in our latest episode. Explore how his insights can help you overcome the challenges of staff development, training, and managing growing pains in your own healthcare business. Welcome to Provider's Edge, the podcast that helps healthcare entrepreneurs like you break down barriers and control your business, your life, and your future. With me, your host, Sabrina Rombach, a recovered clinician and the health tech deal catalyst. Let's rewrite the rules and create a positive social impact while increasing your profitability. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Sabrina Rombach, and today we have Dr. Benjamin Strong here with us. He is the owner who has been successfully running his clinic in Atlanta called Carlos Facial Plastic Surgery. He is a world-class facial plastic surgeon with highly esteemed trained experience and recognitions in his field. When it comes to full range of facial plastic surgeries, and skin regeneration procedures that Carlos offers, Dr. Strong understands the careful blend of art and science that it takes to create exceptional, natural-looking results. Dr. Strong is among the elite group of facial plastic surgeons in the country who is two board-certified and fellowship-trained. Dr. Strong is two-certified in otolaryngology, head and neck surgery, and facial plastic surgery and reconstruction surgery. He completed his fellowship under one of the most nationally renowned plastic surgeon, Dr. Andrew Giacono in New York. Dr. Strong's distinguished training and unique dual certification means that he is equipped with the highest level of specialization, both cosmetic and reconstruction procedures of the face and neck. Thank you so much, Dr. Strong, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I know the field of medicine is so many different ways and that we can get in and people find their own niche and to come out top. And so what was the initial passion you had brought you into medicine in the first place? And why uh, cosmetic and reconstruction? Yeah, I think initially, um my interest in medical school probably came from my father. He was a physician as well. You know, I had an example of a doctor in the family. And, you know, I think like most kids who go to med school, we go to med school primarily thinking about helping other people in general um, and giving back to the world rather than taking from it. And, uh, and then as I got into med school and progressed along, um, I really became interested in head and neck surgery, EMT, ear, nose, and throat is the lay term for it. Uh, otolaryngology is the, is the proper term for it, um, just because I love the head and neck anatomy. And that's how I ended up going into otolaryngology, head and neck surgery. And then within that field, there's a discipline of facial plastic surgery, and I always gravitated towards that in my residency. It wasn't only about doing cosmetic work. Uh, I just liked the entire field of plastic and reconstructive surgery and uh, sort of went that way and decided to do a fellowship and 
And then in my fellowship, I got great exposure to a wide diversity of training, both reconstructive and cosmetic. And Dr. Giacono's mentality was to go out and start your own practice. And I sort of took that mentality and hung a shingle straight out of training um, 12 years ago now. Yeah, and that's very brave for people uh, in your position who just like, I just want to do it. Uh, Let's just get it started. Don't have to be really part of someone else, but really creating a community, a service of your own in whichever location that you wanted to get into. So what was the initial uh, feel like back then when you just started? Did you have any holdback or, or, or fear or more of an excitement of you finally able to have a clinic of your own? Definitely a mixture of both. When you don't have identifiable income and you decide to make yourself completely dependent on your own you know, business generation of business on your, by yourself, it's definitely anxiety provoking. I had a family at the time as well, so it wasn't just me. I had a wife and twin one-year-olds at the time I opened the practice who were all dependent on me. Um, But at the same time, I was very excited about it to be able to create something uh, that I felt proud of and responsible for. And you you never know how these things are going to shake out. But ultimately, I developed a really good reputation in the Atlanta community and across the United States. And Um, As I became busier with cosmetic surgery uh, and my results got out there, so to speak, uh, and got busier and busier, we just gravitated more towards doing the the cosmetic side of plastic surgery. Right. And I think that's very common in a lot of people I spoke to and work with is that once uh, in the beginning, it could be that sense of fear, but we were able to break through it and not let that become a roadblock and to be uh, able to say, I understand our own value and knowing how good your skill sets are, how much value patients do care about the work that you do. And that becomes an inner drive to get yourself into that next level of growth. And as you start adapting of course, the reconstruction side, those bigger surgeries is now the same as the cosmetic side. Is there a area that you like more? No, I think I, I, you know, in in facial plastic surgery, we essentially, in in the cosmetic side of it, now I used to love doing all the reconstruction. I did tons and tons and tons of skin cancer reconstruction for the Atlanta community. And because we're in the Sun Belt, the Southeast, there's lots of skin cancer around to to treat and take care of. But in the aesthetic side, I I really enjoy diversity. Um, I've always enjoyed diversity in my, my life. I get really bored pretty quickly if I'm doing the same thing over and over and over again. So I've developed my own lip lift technique. We're currently in the process of publishing that in a medical journal. And it should become the gold standard for lip lifting in the uh, facial plastics world. I enjoy doing blepharoplasty and eyelid surgery, facelift surgery, rhinoplasties. You know, we have about, let's call it half a dozen to a dozen main core surgeries that we do. And I like being able to do them all well. Every time I hear another doctor talk about what their favorite surgery is, to me, it's just a euphemism of saying, well, that's the only one that I'm really good at, if that makes sense. 
Right, right. Is uh, whether you want to think as a pigeonhole into something and just repeatedly doing that one thing versus you can diversify, you can help the pe uh, people where they need it to be able to have that relationship with the community that you're serving. So it, it doesn't have to be just uh, liking one thing, but able to say you're still under the big umbrella of being the expert in this whole area. So definitely can be more rewarding when you have uh, the ability to assess people and meet them where they are. Because at the end of the day, medicine is still a service-based industry. So people can come to uh, you because they love your reputation, they know your good work, versus going to someone else because they simply felt differently. So it's definitely important for that connection part of a community building uh, while we have the expertise. So when you're running these practices, especially Carlos has been growing and growing, and that's exciting. So at what point you feel like, oh, my team needs to build. I really need to offload certain type of work to other people. So I have the capacity, you have the capacity to get to the next level. Yeah, we're, we're getting there. The best use of my time and Kalos time is for me to be in the operating room. Clinic procedures like injectables, Botox, filler. I still do it for the practice. I'm very good at it. Uh, but ultimately, my time is going to gravitate towards being in the operating room almost exclusively. But for right now, I do everything in the office, uh, the non-surgical and the surgical side of things. I will ultimately get physician extenders in here, you know, nurses or nurse injectors or a PA injector that I've trained to do these in-office, you know, in -office, non surgical procedures. Uh, but for right now, I, I have the capacity to do it. We have estheticians that do you know, the, the med spa procedures, uh, but eventually uh, we'll be hiring somebody uh, to do the non-surgical procedures that, that I'm doing in the clinic currently. Right. It's all about knowing where you can expand and then leveraging the best resources for um, the right type uh, work and um, so you can be able to produce the highest ROI. And uh, so everyone wanted to be their best and everyone loved to be able to perform at their best. So in uh, every stage as you're growing and even at where you are right now, what are some different areas that you're leveling up? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, my mentor, uh, Dr. Giacono, is considered the number one facelift surgeon in the world at this point. People fly from all over to international practice. I think that that's where our practice is going. There's nobody doing better aging face work than us in, in the entire world. Our, our results are comparable to anybody's around, the best in the, in the United States and, and in the world. Uh, it's just time and reputation and to develop an international practice. Exactly. So it's now it's all about building up a higher of that reputation, that authority, and to be able to attract even more patients to your clinic. Dr. Strong shared his experience with the delicate balance of starting his practice. He highlighted the challenges he faced as a young professional juggling the responsibilities of a growing practice and supporting a family. Despite the initial anxiety, Dr. Strong's unwavering commitment to providing exceptional services and results became the foundation of his practice success. 
His journey is a testament to the resilience and determination required for healthcare entrepreneurs to thrive in this competitive landscape of the industry. If you are a healthcare founder or innovator looking to accelerate your social mission and, and increase your profitability, don't hesitate to reach out to me, Sabrina Rumbach. You can find me on LinkedIn or visit my website to schedule a zero obligation virtual coffee chat. Let's connect and discuss how we can take your healthcare business to the next level. Do you see that most of the your patients right now are more geographically local? Well, what's the percentage uh, look like? Where most uh, you have perhaps a half are out of state. What does that look like? Yeah, I would say fifty percent are from out of state, uh, and fifty percent are from around Atlanta. Um, we have lots of people from all over the country coming in, and some from nearer-ish uh, international places. We pride ourselves on providing the highest quality aging face work, rhinoplasty work around. Um, and I think we're seeing the benefits of, of that reputation, but because people travel from, from all over the United States to have us do their surgeries. Yeah, perfect. And then what do you think you wanted to go from here in terms of how big you wanted the practice to grow or perhaps uh, more staff or um, more locations? Where do you mm-hmm. want it to go from here? Yeah, I think it's hard to replicate surgery in other locations without you actually physically being there because the the result is basically my hands doing the procedure and I can't replicate that with another human being. Of course, we're growing with staff. We have a med spa brand that is is something that I want to continue to grow. We also do hair restoration within the practice. And I can see that being additional locations. Just the brand of Kalos. Uh, we trademarked the logo last year. And uh, just growing the reputation to a point where we are um, considered an authority in the in the United States, and 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 people seek us out for those those specific procedures. Yeah, perfect. I I know definitely if just a general med spa, there's a, uh, many of them because you're so uh, niche down into this uh, special facial uh, construction and cosmetic area. It definitely uh, are the one who really stand out from the crowd and and truly being someone that trusts not only within the community in Atlanta, Georgia, but you have 50% of people that come from outside. So it's definitely uh, plausible for all the amazing work that you have done. And so as you're growing, we all know we're going to have growing pains. What are something that you feel like you have already experienced or uh, overcome or something that you uh, wish that you can get over the hump? Yeah, I think the hardest part of our job as a small business owner is is managing the staff and employees and trying to figure out how do you develop your staff so that they're the best that they can be uh, with each client as well. And so I think we've sort of gotten over the hump. You know, we had some turnover during COVID, um, but now we've got uh, my practice administrator. She's rock solid. And we have developed a training program for the staff that I had never seen other people do before, where we have proficiency training in the procedures that we do here. And so uh, the entire office staff has to learn about the procedures and then sit down and and be able to formally go through almost like a test, oral examination, um, and be able to have basically a dialogue, like they're speaking another language 
learning facial plastic surgery for another person is no different really than learning a language. We shared insights on staff development and training, emphasizing the importance of speaking the language of facial plastic surgery. It's crucial for your team members to be well-versed in all the procedures you offer, which is similar to learning a new language. By being proficient in the technical aspects of your services, your staff can better understand and address your patient's concerns. This is not only helpful to our patients to feel more confident in your practice, but also allows you to provide them with the highest level of care and expertise. Thank you for listening to Provider's Edge. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to our podcast today on your favorite podcast platforms to get the latest insight and actionable steps from our expert speakers. Together, let's rewrite the rules for your business and create a positive social impact in the healthcare industry. And if they can't speak the language, if your staff can't speak the language, you can't be as successful as you otherwise could be. Because you know somebody calls your office and if your staff doesn't really know much about the procedure that that person is calling for, well, they're going to think you don't do it. And it may not be that you don't do it very much. It means that the staff isn't knowledgeable enough and I think that that's where most people fall short in their facial plastics or plastic surgery offices is, is that they just don't have staff that's knowledgeable enough. When somebody's coming from out of state, going to fly in to have you do a elective surgery on their face, um, they, have, they need to have all the confidence in the world uh, to be able to come to you. You're so right. And that's the majority of people that I encounter too, right? When you run your practice, it's not just about uh, the providers who are most skilled, who are most reputable, but it's right when people coming into your door, having that phone call, what's the experience? How are they being engaged? And most of uh, these patients, they probably have done a lot of research themselves to find you. And therefore, they want the experience to be up-leveled just like how they are expecting in their head. And I think the comparison about learning a language is such a a great way to think about that side is uh, despite of our training, part of the MAs or uh, nurses training have these terminology, but if they're not specifically in your field, they don't know how to say it in the best way that people can understand. So I think that's a, a genius way to have a learning course on the type of procedure and how do you communicate in a way that the patients will feel understood and listened and heard for. I know people are going to want to get find you out and search for you. What's the best way for them to contact the office or seek you out directly? Yeah, um, our website is uh, Kalos, K-A-L-O-S-PlasticSurgery.com. Um, our office phone number is 404-963-6665. Um, and the staff is extremely knowledgeable. If anybody calls, they'll, they'll get a lot of information and we can set them up for consultations. We, are, we do exclusively virtual consultations at this point. We don't do any in office. Uh, so it makes it easy both for local and people out of state to uh, be able to do a consultation and feel comfortable about the surgery that they're signing up for uh, prior to uh, actually having the, the surgery performed. Exactly. 
perfect. And we're adapting the technology so people don't have to really wait in the office for hours and then worry about the traveling to make sure it's the best way and best service for them before coming in. So uh, I so appreciate uh, listening to your services and definitely uh, help other people to be inspired and understand how they can grow in their own practice and how we can better serve our healthcare community. Thank you so much for this and thank you everyone for listening in. In today's episode, we discuss the challenges and growth strategies in the world of facial plastic surgery. If you listen all the way through this episode, that might be an indicator that you are facing obstacles in your business and looking for guidance on how to overcome them. It's time to learn from Dr. Strong's experience, implement effective team training and development, and focusing on maintaining a strong work culture while expanding your practice. To recap, number one, find the niche. From medicine to cosmetic and reconstructive surgery, Dr. Strong's initial passion for medicine was inspired by his father, a physician. His interest in head and neck surgery and subsequently facial plastic surgery developed during medical school and residency. Dr. Strong believes in embracing diversity in his practice, avoiding the trap of specializing in just one surgical procedure. Number two, the delicate balance of starting a practice. Starting a practice comes with a mix of excitement and anxiety, especially when supporting a family. Despite these initial challenges, you can commit to providing exceptional services and results that can lead to your growth and success. Number three, building a reputation and expanding the practice. Dr. Strong's focus on providing the highest quality aging facial and rhinoplastic work has attracted patients from all over the U.S. As the practice grows, he plans to expand the med spa brand and his restorative services while maintaining his hands-on approach to surgical procedures. So figure out how you can expand from the niched specific services and products as well. Number four, staff development and training. Speaking the languages of facial plastic surgery. One of the most significant challenges of running a practice is managing and developing staff. Dr. Strong emphasizes the importance of proficiency training in all procedures, equating it to learning a new language. A well-trained staff can ensure the patient have confidence in the practice and in its expertise. So assess your staff right now. How well are they communicating what you do to others? Number five, overcoming growing pain. As the practice grows, overcoming obstacles become critical. Dr. Strong highlights the importance of having a strong practice administrator and a comprehensive training program for his staff. By equipping staff with the knowledge and skills to engage with patients, the practice can maintain the high quality service and care that has become its hallmark. Number six, building a cohesive team culture. Emphasizing the importance of creating a strong team culture, 
Dr. Strong mentioned how essential it is for a team to feel connected and share common goals. Are your own team members right now have the same level of synchronization for your company and service mission? Do a quick assessment and actually speak to individuals to find out. By fostering open communication and trust, the company can efficiently address challenges and achieve its objectives. Thank you for tuning in to Provider's Edge. We hope you found our latest episode insightful and valuable to your healthcare business. We'd be grateful for your feedback on the show, and as a token of our appreciation, we'll offer a unique opportunity. Leave us a review on iTunes, and you'll have a chance to receive a complimentary interview with us. During this exclusive interview, you'll be placed on the hot seat, where you can ask any questions. Regarding how to gain visibility and credibility with right influential partners to accelerate your mission and profitability, so don't hesitate. Leave a review on iTunes and help us tailor our content while seizing this fantastic opportunity to elevate your healthcare business. We can't wait to hear from you.